But you know what, church? This church has opportunity before right now, right today, to go to higher ground, to go to deeper places, to go to places where you command greater authority and greater blessing. You know what? That, that offering message by Talitha was just awesome. And uh, to see the, the prayer meetings going the way they've been going, it's like, I mean, <laughs> you come to the prayer meetings, it's just amazing, the presence of God. But you know what? Those prayer meetings are gateways to heaven. They're also doorways to something new. And today, I've got, the, I've got the privilege of speaking about something that just resonates with me, and that's doors. Um, last week, Jody spoke about you know, pathways or paths, and I'm going to be talking about doors. And you know what? Every door... <laughs> I can see Mick LeGregor, who hangs doors in his uh, business, <laughs> opening doors and shutting them and making sure they sit right. Um, so hopefully getting them right and they don't squeak and they don't fall off the hinge. Doors in the, king, in the, in the realm of the kingdom of God are opportunities. And how many people know... The reality is, though, that behind every opportunity is another opportunity. And this morning I want to go to some places... And I want to just expand our thinking a little bit about the opportunities that God has for us. You know, life is full of opportunities and possibilities. You know, um, we all, I've got to say one of the greatest prayers that I've, over the years that I've been a pastor and been you know, integrating with people of God, the most common prayer, especially at the altar, is people asking for God's direction about something more than Anything else, people get stuck. It's like, I've got an opportunity and I need to choose which way to go and I'm just not sure. And I've got to say with all my heart, some of the greatest mistakes are at that point where people think that, ah, and you know what, we become, we, we throw a dice when it comes to things like this because we think, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, but I believe that the, the door that opens is going to be the door that I choose. And how many people know that that's not always the way it's supposed to be? You know, if you think about the Apostle Paul, you know, he wanted to go to Macedonia, but, and the Spirit was bidding him to go to Macedonia, but there was things and circumstances stopping him from going. So he had to put it off and put it off and put it off. Then when he decided to go to some places, he got into a boat and there was a shipwreck and there was a, there was a snake that bit him and there's all these sort of things happening. If, that, if Paul was a normal, everyday... F- fundamental Christian, he'll be going, <laughs> this is obviously not the will of God. Come on. Because we base the will of God upon the ease at which circumstances happen for us. And I want to tell you, there's some doors that are set before you that you just have to beat the sucker down. You have to know that that is the door that I have to go through. And I know that God is calling me to go through that door. And right now, I can't get it open, but I'm going to find out what the key is to get that open. I'm just going to jump a few slides because I'm just rolling in the spirit right now. Hannah. Do you, do you remember Hannah? What's she famous for in the Bible? Talitha? What's Hannah famous for? The birth of Samuel. How much did Hannah want a baby? 
How desperate was she to have a baby? Her husband, Elkanah, was always comforting her because she was always weeping because she just wanted something that was so natural to her and so desperate. And it was a sign of blessing for women back then. And she'd go to the temple and she'd come away She'd be in the temple crying, and the you know the minister, the priest would was come up to her and think, oh, she's drunk. What are you doing drunk in the house of God? And she said, No, I'm not drunk. I just want a son. And so she was year after year after year. She was going to the temple, and she was she was just pleading with God, God, let me open this door which seems so natural and and so normal to me. I, it's just I have this unction to go through this door of child childbirth. And you know what? God had a need for something too. God needed a prophet. He needed a prophet who could speak to the house of Eli and bring some discipline and some word and some correction into the house because they were going bad. They were going off the rails. And for God to bring something in, how many people know that God always uses Men and women who are obedient to him to bring about things, change in the things of God. How many of you know that? I love, I love uh, you know, the New Testament when Paul says, I'm an apostle sent by God. Just that alone is like, yes, he knows. He knows I'm here to change some things. I'm here to do something. And so here's Hannah praying and here's God saying, okay, Keep praying, but just get come my way, come my way, come my way, come my way. And eventually he says, okay, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him to you. Bingo. Suddenly the whole planetary system aligned. <laughs> and suddenly Hannah was in the place to get a blessing. How many people know that sometimes you've got to get yourself in the right place to get the blessing to push through that door? And without being in the right place, it takes time. It takes time. Sometimes it takes shifts. Sometimes it takes, you know, a, a, a revelation. So whatever it takes. You know, Talitha. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a revelation. It's not just about giving the 10% in obedience. It's about being happy about doing it. It's about being in the right zone in the spirit. And so, and you know what? Sometimes it's about turning a ship around. We have Christian lives that are going full steam ahead in this direction. You've got a whole process of connections and networks and, and habits and things. And you're going in this direction and you think... I need to go there. And it's like, God, I prayed for that. It's like, God, why isn't it happening? <laughs> you know how long it takes to turn your ship around? It takes a while. You know how long it takes to, to turn an ocean liner around? <laughs> it takes two miles for it to stop. <laughs> and then it's got to change direction. But church, Hannah came to the place of being in line with the blessing that could flow. And then the door opened for her. There's doors that are before you right now. There's doors that are before you. Some of you have been wanting and yearning to do some things, and you say, I can't do it. Just keep praying. Ask God, what is the key? What is the adjustment that I need to make to get through this door? And once you've got through the door, let me tell you something. If you're anything like Kelly, you're going to want to change the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Because, let me tell you something, the decor in the new realm that you go through 
isn't always what you think it's going to be. Can you think about Joseph for a second? He had a dream. He had a dream that he was going to be important, that he was actually going to be lauding over his brothers and his father and his mother. He had a dream that he was going to be somebody. You know, and suddenly the process for him to get to that dream was to be in a pit and to be sold off into slavery. And the decor of that, that journey was terrible. It was nothing like the dream that he had in his spirit. And you know what? He ended up having to serve Potiphar. And I've got to tell you something now, church. This is one powerful revelation this morning I'm just going to throw at you. And that is, sometimes the way to seeing your dream fulfilled is to serve another person's dream. Joseph started serving Potiphar. And then he got tossed into jail. And then he just... You know what? He kept his dream alive. You know how I know? How I know? Because when he was in jail, someone had a dream. And he didn't go, he didn't say, you can take your dream and shove it where it fits. (laughs) He didn't do that. He said, hey, 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 I had a dream. Tell me about your dream. I, I know a thing about dreams. I, 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 have, I have this affinity with dreams. I have this resonance. I have something inside, inside me about a dream. And he listened to people's dreams. And he interpreted other people's dreams before his dream came to fruition. So let me tell you, church, the journey or the decor inside the door that you open is not always the way you think it should be. But if you trust God, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. He will direct your paths. He will bring to you the fulfillment of your heart's desire. And you know what? That could be through serving someone. And don't ever begrudge serving someone else. Don't begrudge the little things, church. Don't begrudge being a servant. Don't begrudge doing something that's silly or simple or stupid. I've got to tell you something. I've got to be honest this morning. I'll the story of Manuel last week, um, Jody shared around our team cuddle. She calls it a team huddle, I call it a team cuddle. <laughs> Manuel, Jody, come up and share this testimony just quickly about how it was a process of events, please. Yep. Okay, well, Pramila, where are you? Give us a wave. Stand up so everyone can see how awesome you are. Pramila. Two weeks ago, she completed the next step pathway. So she did week four. She'd done all the other weeks. And in that pathway, it talks about, would you like to join a team? She said, yes, I'd love to join the home team. So that week, I contacted her. I'm like, hey, do you want to jump on Nikki's team this Sunday? And she's like, yes, I'd love to. So she, Nikki puts her on the door at the arcade downstairs. So Pramila is down there. She sees Manuel, just this man walking around. She just says hello to him. How are you? And says, hey, would you actually like to come up to church with us? And he sort of said yes or whatever. And so she walked him upstairs, introduced him to people here. And he came in, he sat in the service. And then we had an amazing moment with Phil, which I think you're going to share about more. Yes. And, um, and he ended up getting saved. He gave his life to Jesus. He came to one of the prayer 
meetings this week. He got baptised in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Like, you know, we don't know where that man and his journey is going to go. But like, and we're praying that he will get connected into this church. But I just love that. It's a, it's a story of our next step pathway, working alongside our teams, working alongside a woman who's listening to the Holy Spirit and allowing God to use her with doors and opportunities that come her way. So good. Awesome. Now, when I was when we were doing our church huddle, <laughs> greetings people. Uh, actually, someone brought Nikki brought Manuel in, and she just said quickly, "This guy, he uh, he's homeless. He's living in." And so when we got to, I got to say hello to Manuel, I got just a little bit more. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, did the Holy Spirit do a number on me. I've got to be honest and take it on face value because there's not a, there's no. Um, there's nothing evil in my heart about this, but I'm a little bit sceptical about homeless scenarios. You know, for all of the kids who are out there homeless, they have a home to go to. They just choose not to go, mostly. And sometimes I know those homes aren't great environments for them, but I think it's become a little bit of a culture and a hangout. Anyway, so <laughs> a hangout opportunity for kids to just do that. He's not a kid. Man, well, but anyway, coming from this a little bit of a sceptical place, it would have been hard for me just to easily just respond to that. But I felt the Holy Ghost say, you need to, you need to do something about this. And I knew I was, taking, I was doing the offering. And in submission to our pastors, I responded to the Holy Spirit. And I made a decision just to make a... I wasn't, I wasn't the one with much money. Uh, so I, only had, I, didn't, I never carry money at all. Lynn had some, some coins, and so I said, Lynn, I want all your coins in your bag. We're going to give them to this guy. And the church responded. And I'm watching this guy receiving, from all of his church family, receiving cash in his hand. And he's just, he starts weeping and crying. You know, before I did that, I said to God, I said, God, I really should do the offering first because you come first. He said, no. Listen to this. He said, I want you to do that first because I want to give this man a door of opportunity to get blessed. And you know what? When the offering came around, he put into it. And I thought, you know, Jesus didn't take up an offering for the little widow who had two mites. He didn't say, look, this lady's doing an amazing thing. She's sacrifice more than anyone who's holding up their checks to heaven and saying, look at God, look at me. He's, Jesus said, she's done more than anyone. But he didn't take up an offering. He didn't take out his checkbook. He knew that that woman was in the place of blessing. And church, the message today is about you getting yourself into the place of blessing. Taking the, taking the opportunity that God gives you. And I've got to be honest, for me, it's not always been easy just to respond to the Holy Spirit because I, had to, I have to learn what's the voice of the Holy Ghost. And I shared with Pastor Tim last week, and, and I've, I think I've shared this with the church. When I was young, <laughs> around the age of 18, I shared about my... My initial uh, experience in hearing, like trying to discover the voice of God and, and, and responding to God telling me to give someone some money. Well, very soon after that, I was, I was, a, I was working in a music shop. Uh, soon after 18, I left school and went straight into this music shop. 
and um, I was a part owner in the music shop. And this guy came into the shop one day, and he was just pretty drunk. And um, he was like um, frivolous, you know, and just laughing around and everything. <laughs> he sat down and started playing these organs, you know, these the old organs with the pedals and all that sort of thing. That's, that's what we used to sell a lot of back then. Anyway, <laughs> he tried a bunch of these things, and I'm going up and turning them down, so it's not going <laughs> to... Anyway, he said, I'll take this one. And I said, oh, oh yeah, we're going to need a bank check. <laughs> he came back with a bank check. And he paid for this thing and, he, and we delivered it. And Anyway, within a short amount of time, I get a phone call from him and he's, he's, uh, he's broken the pedal on the organ. You know, just, you know, the one with the volume pedals, he's, he's damaged it. So <laughs> I, ha- I, had to, I was also doing an electric, uh, electronics course and, and all that sort of stuff. And so I, th- I was discovering and learning how to fix these things. And so I thought I'll go out there with my toolkit and my, my dust jacket and I'll... Do the <laughs> anyway, I felt I got there and the guy was drunk again, and he was so drunk, he was actually on a piano now playing his, a piano in his house, and the organ like it was damaged, and he's <laughs> oh oh I just dropped the note. Can you pick it up for me? And I'm going oh god, and to, and what makes matters worth was he was in his underpants. <laughs> I mean, it was just the scene out of a movie or something. It was just something that you would not credit. Anyway, the Holy Ghost said to me, I want you to to witness to him. And I want you to pray for him. And I said, no. I I said, you know, as you do, that can't be God. Look at this guy. He can't even, he's not even, even in a place to be able to receive it. Well, he died within a week. And I promise God, I will never, ever, no matter how embarrassing, no matter how difficult the situation seems, I will never, ever not respond to something that I feel is the unction of the Holy Spirit to tell me to do something. So, church... When it comes to opening doors, you actually, one of the biggest things you've got to learn is the posture that you need to have in authority to push. Because the door, the weight of the door is not the issue. It's the weight of your decision that's the issue in pushing most doors down. And so if, you, if we can become people of absolute conviction about things, submitted to authority, like in our church, I will always submit to my pastors. And if my pastors, if I go to say to Tim, Tim, I feel like I've got something. If he ever says to me, no, you, you can't share this morning, that alleviates me from the problem. And I respect that. And I always will submit to that with all my heart. Then it's his deal, not my deal. And, and that's fine because I trust God that God gives our pastor's wisdom and all of that too. But here's the thing, church. It's not always just the door that's... Look, don't stop praying prayers, God, if it's your will, let this happen. It's like a, a two-way bet. Stop it. Stop it. Just don't do it anymore. Pray the prayer, God, show me your will. And, 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 and beyond that, 
Delight in his ways. Why? Because the steps of a good man are ordered of, of, by the Lord if you delight in his ways. We forget that bit. If you're delighting in the ways of God, then your steps are going to be ordered by God. He's going to take you to places where, you want me to go here? It's like, yeah, God's ordered steps for me many, many times. And I can. And here's the thing. On the other side of your obedience in opening something, there's, there's a blessing for somebody. And it's not always going to be you, but somebody is going to benefit from your obedience and from your courage and from your posture in taking on that authority. You know, there's a door right here. There's a door here. This is one of the greatest doors you'll ever find anywhere. You know why? Because this is a designated, dedicated place where God meets with people. What is it? It's a piece of carpet. But beyond that, in the spiritual realm, this is the gateway of heaven. Jacob lay down on a rock. He had a vision of angels rising and descending on a ladder, going to heaven and back. And God spoke to him at this moment. He erected that rock when he got up and he said, Surely, this is the house of God. This is the gateway of heaven. And church, I want to tell you, many people have come to this door here and have had their whole lives changed. They have discovered healing. They have discovered breakthrough. They have reconciled marriages. They have discovered God as a personal saviour. I want to say, when the opportunity to come for prayer is given to you, you need to be very, very um, wise about summing up whether you should or shouldn't. Sometimes when pastors Jody and Tim say, look, I just want us to come out the front and, and worship or something, I'm just going out there. Why? Because it's a place where God meets with people. I don't have to be, you know, virtue signaling or thinking, you know, it's okay, I'm all cool, I don't have any issues. I don't need an issue to be at the front of the church because this is a place where stuff happens. This is, you know, in the prayer meeting over these last 21 days, stuff's been happening. Our pastors have been shifting things in the spiritual realm. Their authority in our city is being established as we speak. They are shifting things over your life, over our lives. That board is amazing. It's like the hieroglyphics of heaven, seeing all these things, you know, these visions of people, what they've seen and what... And I've got to say, church, in the spiritual realm, there are so many doors and opportunities. And if we can just lift our eyes to the heavens, we'll start to see, God, show me. Show me the truth. Show me the truth. Don't just let me see the circumstances. Let me see the truth. Circumstances, you know what? Don't deny the circumstances because when you, when you embrace the truth in spite of circumstances, that's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in. You know what? I want to just talk quickly about... Can we go to the second last slide? Maybe. Next one. You know, the door for salvation opens both ways. Have a look at this. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be, the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. That's talking about God opening the door when you're persistent. Check this out. Look, I stand at your door or I stand at the door on the other side. 
If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. It opens both ways, church. Both ways. That door is Jesus. And Jesus has always already done the... He's taken the hard yards for us so that for us to open that door, it's just so easy. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. You know what? I'm going to give two opportunities this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, to make that decision this morning and come to this altar and receive something powerful from God. Then I'm going to ask, I'm going to give an opportunity for people who genuinely have been stuck on a decision or on, you know, there's, there's things before you you're just not sure about. I want to pray that for you this morning that you come to this altar and you get a revelation of where you're meant to be going and what direction especially you're meant to be going. Can I have the band come up just, just now? And when I pray for you this morning, I don't want you to be thinking about anything. I just want you to be receiving from God. Because sometimes, like, who would know? Who would know that some of the things that I've done have led to what they've led to? Because sometimes the answer, here's the thing. There was a man in the Old Testament who wanted healing. I forget his name. I should know. I'm sorry. He came to the prophet and, he, and the prophet said, you have to go down to the river and, and bathe in it seven times. <laughs> he didn't do it. At first, he just... He, he, he just said, that's ridiculous. That dirty old river, there's cleaner rivers back where I come from. I'm not going to go and do that. That's ridiculous. You know, imagine if, if God said to you, I want you to spit in the ground. And I'm not suggesting you do this, by the way. But if he said, spit in the ground and, you know, get some mud and put it in someone's eyes. And sometimes what we need to be is open-minded about what God is asking us to do rather than focusing on what we want. Focus on hearing from God and the door will be opened. That's one of the biggest keys I can give you. You know what? <laughs> Here's the thing. Many times in my life, I've come to a point where I've desperately wanted to get out of what I've been doing. Change of job, change of role, change of leadership, change of something. Not, not the church, by the way. And it's like, I never got a piece about it until I said to God, okay, I'll just keep serving. And then it happens. <laughs> Every time. When I'm striving to get somewhere right, you know what? It's the same as marriage. I'm just, I was striving to get out of something. People strive to get out of singleness and they don't end up having a relationship. Why? It's because they, don't, they want to leave singleness. They don't want to embrace marriage. And that's the key. You've got to embrace what God has for you, what God wants, not what you don't want. <laughs>